This is the Hoosier Ag Today Friday morning podcast on the 26th of January 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson on the news. The podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch. Coming up on the news, we'll have stories on labor policies coming out of the American Farm Bureau Convention and the Ag Secretary on sustainable aviation fuel. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has a more decent weather outlook for Indiana coming up. And Thursday, Soybean Futures Week, Mike Silver analyzes coming up on the Hoosier Ag Today Friday morning podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting Supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bids are being accepted now for 346 acres of Indiana farmland. Halderman Real Estate Services brings you an opportunity to own top quality farmland in Carroll County, featuring four sizable tracts of tillable cropland and grain bin totaling over 346 acres. Visit halderman.com for information on the Flora Group Legacy Auction. Bids will be accepted until June. January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit Halderman.com or call A.J. Jordan, 317-697-3086. Equal housing opportunity. Farm Bureau policy set for 2024 and sustainable aviation fuel becoming a reality. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. Farm Bureau farmer delegates adopted policies for the new year at their annual convention in Utah this week. Sabrina Halverson reports now on some of their labor policies. At the American Farm Bureau Federation's 105th convention held this week in Salt Lake City, Utah, delegates adopted policies to guide the organization's work in 2024. Key topics ranged from artificial intelligence to crop insurance to labor. But recognizing the challenges of maintaining a strong agriculture workforce, Delegates voted to stabilize wage rates for guest workers and to revise the H-2A and H-2B programs. Indiana Farm Bureau President Randy Crone says there are several issues within the adverse wage rate requirements that need updating. We have a number of members uh, scattered all over the state growing anywhere from tomatoes to watermelon, sweet corn, cantaloupes, and uh, most of those are harvested and plant it by H-2A workers. And our members have been, they call almost weekly because last two years their wage rate's gone up 20%. In an interview before the delegates meeting, Crone pointed out more adjustments that he thinks are needed within the H-2A program. Part of the impact is the classification of the jobs and if they do one job for just a few minutes, they change to that the whole time and not just for a few minutes or maybe a day. And so there's a lot of things like that. There needs to be more of 
availability make it easier. A lot of the workers that come to the farms that I'm familiar with are the same ones year after year. They have to go through the same process. It would be nice if they've been here a few years to be able to streamline the process to get them here. During the meeting, delegates decided AFBF may accept caps on the number of visas for a year-round agricultural worker program should such an immigration deal come up in Congress. This is a reversal of its years-long stance of opposing caps on labor visas to ensure the number of workers needed for crops around the nation. This year, delegates argued that agreeing to a cap gives the AFBF a voice in the debate and would lead to a more favorable outcome than remaining against or even neutral to the idea. Some delegates remained firmly against the idea of accepting caps. However, the majority voted to change the official policy. I'm Sabrina Halverson. What was at one time conceived to be impossible now has been proved on this location today as possible. That's Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack on Wednesday in Soperton, Georgia, for the opening of the Lonza Jet Freedom Pines Fuels Facility, the first such plant in the world that can take ethanol and turn it into sustainable aviation fuel. Vilsack says if things go as planned, there could be plants like this all over the country generating a lot of demand for the feedstock to make ethanol. There need to be and ought to be multiple feedstocks in order for this market opportunity to be available all over the United States, not just in one or two regions of the country. Each year, an alarming number of farms and rural businesses go out of business. But Vilsack says... This project, this industry provides a ray of hope to reverse that trend. The Lonza Jed website says the facility has created 250 jobs for the local community with the potential for 80 more and will provide a $75 million boost to the local economy. Less than 1% of jet fuel used today is sustainably sourced. Vilsack says the aviation industry wants and needs more. At the end of the day, if we're really to mitigate the consequences of a changing climate, The transportation sector clearly has to get to a net zero future. In order for it to get to a net zero future, uh, aviation uh, has to get there as well. Uh, And it can't get there without a sustainable aviation fuel. So this is a day to celebrate a very significant step forward. On their website, Lonza Jet touts their versatile production method that can use any low-carbon ethanol, like corn ethanol. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it. Operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Pretty decent outlook now, finally, as moisture is moving away. We're going to be seeing rain lift out of Indiana pretty quickly here today. 
as a dry slot starts to work in. Temperatures stay mild with the dry slot. I think we can even see some sunshine off and on through your Friday. It's a sloppy mess out there for sure, but I do have some good news on that front coming as well. So let's talk about the weekend. The weekend stays mild for Saturday. There is a monster storm complex passing by to our south on Saturday, staying south mostly of the Ohio River through the day. But the last little tail of this does start to lift north, moving into late Saturday night and Sunday, and that trucks across the southern parts of Indiana. Clouds develop Saturday evening. Rain comes close to midnight and continues through Sunday. I-70 South, I think we have to allow for a tenth to half an inch of liquid coverage around 75%. North of I-70, yes, we probably see some offshoot clouds, but I don't think we see a lot of precipitation. Ohio could see the moisture come a little bit farther north than we're seeing in Indiana. So, yeah, we have a little bit of dampness to finish the weekend, but it could be worse cool temperatures to start next week. That's the main thing that that system does is draw down some cool temperatures out of the north for the start of the work week. Monday looks cool with cloudy to partly sunny skies. Tuesday, we see some clouds as warm air really starts to try and take control. Those clouds don't really trigger much precipitation, but we could see uh, some fog in there, so pay attention to that. And then we are much warmer Tuesday through the end of the week and weekend. Well above normal temperatures. We're going to be in the 50s a couple of days in there so very impressive warming coming here and we're also seeing that happen with dryness no other weather systems coming through the rest of next week that means we see decent evaporation and dry down which is key because after the snow melts and the rains of the last few days you drive around in parts of the state and there's water standing everywhere part of that's due to the fact that we do have a narrow frozen layer and that's probably going to come out over the next week or so with these warm temperatures but part of it too is just needing evaporation the temperatures next week will help with that so yes muddy sloppy mess right now but i think that goes away i'll draw your attention finally here to the end of next week a weather system trying to exit out of the four corners area monsoonal moisture in arizona and new mexico this initially we thought would move east into the plains and cause some problems or, or get us our next weather system. But strong high pressure is building in over the Great Lakes and the Central Plains next weekend. And at this stage, that could push that moisture or keep that moisture farther south, Texas, Oklahoma, and then across the deep south. So we'll be watching that. Right now, I'm going to extend the dryness through the weekend of the 3rd and 4th and take a look at Monday the 5th here as we get more data. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Quiet corn and wheat, soybeans, though, a significant drop off on Thursday. This is the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements coming up. We begin, though, with market analysis, and I grabbed that at the end of trade from Mike Silver of Kokomo Grain. Mike, pretty steady in the corn and wheat markets, and the real story is soybeans. It's not a pretty story either. A pretty weak day on Thursday in the bean market. Bean oil and bean meal both down, and it really got started with a very disappointing export sales report. You nailed it, Andy. That's exactly what we're going to attribute this to. Uh, that and the fact that traders just don't want to get ahead of the Brazilian soybean harvest by pushing prices much higher. Uh, export sales this morning for soybeans were disappointing. Uh, they were actually, they came in at 500 and 
60.9 thousand metric tons. Last week we were at 781.3, and that was below the range of estimates, 700 to 1.2 million. So soybean export sales were disappointing. Corn export sales came in at 954.8 compared to last week's 1.251 million. And that corn number uh, was mid-range, I guess we'll call it that. 725 to 1.4 was the range of estimates. So really the soybean, uh, soybean export sales helped drag corn down uh, early. We have recovered now as we're getting closer to the close of this trading session. The wheat number came in at uh, 451.4 thousand tons. That too was down from last week. 707.6 thousand tons um, and the uh, the range of estimates for wheat were 200 to 625. So we'll call the corn export sale okay. We'll call the soybean export sale you know, less than okay. Uh, okay just doesn't cut the mustard, so to speak, uh, in these export sales, uh, especially when we look at the fact that right now China could buy Brazilian soybeans for about $2.15 a bushel less delivered to their ports than they could from uh, the Gulf of the United States. So that's not good. And we know that uh, there is some question about what the final yield in Brazil is going to be in the soybean market and on and on and on and on. But uh, just a summary statement would be that although corn export sales are okay and soybean export sales in a relative sense are okay from the standpoint that they have improved from where they were, we're still not at the pace that we need to be to really add any propellant to move our futures price higher. So we're just going to have to keep a close eye on the 20, 40, 50, 100, and 200 day moving averages. Uh, We know that the trading algorithms and we know that the commodity funds, especially in a lot of the trading systems that traders use, uh, they all have those moving averages as triggers to either be buyers or sellers. And right now, if we could ever get the market to gain some upside momentum, and in the core market, compared to where we were when we posted that 37-month low uh, not so many days ago, uh, we have retraced to the upside, but we just uh, we just have got to punch up through, first of all, that 20-day moving average, and we failed that on yesterday's rally in soybeans. We got close, but we weren't able to punch up through it, so that technical factor didn't help us today with this negative uh, export sales news today to be able to do that, but... Uh, folks, farmers, uh, we, we're getting myself and my colleagues here at Kokomo Grain at all of our locations and, and our industry colleagues across most, most of the grain trade uh, are getting 
calls, phone calls from customers, you know, lamenting the fact that your know, prices are at the levels that they're at. And we, as much as we have to, it hurts to have to get on the bandwagon, if you will, of saying we realize that, but you know, we did have excellent crops last year, especially for corn. Uh, our carryout is high, um, and the prospects, you know, for this coming year, uh, it looks like if Mother Nature will cooperate to any degree that she did this last year, that, uh, you know, it, it, we're probably not going to get back to the levels that we really need to be to make people happy in terms of what prices they're going to receive for their grain. Now, that doesn't mean that we can wait forever to, to make some sales. And we are seeing producers make some sales to meet some financial obligations, to pay some cash rent obligations, to do some early season purchasing, to pick up some discounts. Uh, so we are seeing uh, some sales, even though the fact that folks don't particularly like the fact that they're having to make some sales uh, to generate some cash flow. But that is taking place, and uh, it's going to continue. So we encourage folks just to uh, get some offers in the marketplace. Keep in mind that those, those resistance levels that I talked about earlier, the 20, 40, 50, 100, and 200-day moving averages, and the first one we have to get through and challenge is that 20-day moving average. But those can be used as some open offer futures reference prices uh, to make some sales. And basis levels for corn uh, have improved. Uh, I know at our elevators in the Kokomo grain system, uh, we have seen some improvement in both the old crop corn basis and the new crop corn basis has improved today. Soybean basis, uh, soybean basis at the processors and at the elevators, uh, especially the processors has improved a few cents over the course of the last uh, several weeks. And, uh, you know, with the depressed futures prices we have right now, it doesn't make the flat price all that attractive. But again, um, you know, the cash price for soybeans right now, uh, we have seen uh, some pretty good movement of soybeans uh, into the processors. Last week, uh, the ethanol uh, number, uh, the average daily production for ethanol last week was down uh, because of the extremely cold temperatures, and our corn use for ethanol was down last week. So that really didn't help uh, the futures market all that much from an ethanol demand standpoint, but uh, the basis levels that the ethanol processors uh, they they still are good, and uh, we're still using corn to make ethanol, although we were down last week because average daily production was down. So we had the lowest uh, corn use for ethanol last week that we've seen in quite a while. Um, we used 83.5 million bushels last week, and that was down from 107.6 million the previous week. But uh, we're still making ethanol. And uh, that still is an alternative uh, in the marketplace. So, Andy, uh, we need to get our export 
I sound like a broken record, but we need to get our export sales business higher. Uh, we certainly could use some additional uh, daily flash sales of corn and soybeans. That would help build some stability in the market. But just uh, I encourage folks to take a look at their position. Uh, and if they don't have offers in the marketplace, I would definitely get some offers in the marketplace, move some grain to town, get those bins cored, we are seeing, and we've had some reports of some folks that put a, some corn away at moistures maybe a little higher than they would like to have done because of some of the logistics challenges at elevators across the state last fall. But that uh, we're starting to see a few quality issues in some of the corn. So if anyone has any questions about anything I've talked about uh in this little long-winded uh, commentary today, just uh, give us a call. Uh, but we encourage you to take a good look at your position and uh, get some offers into the marketplace. And uh, good luck uh, with the balance of the corn crop that you have to harvest yet, that w- or excuse me, market yet, that was harvested this fall, this last fall. And... Be prepared for opportunity to get some corn and soybeans sold for the new crop that is yet to go in the ground, but that will be harvested this coming fall. And remember, too, that we are now starting to see some acreage estimates from various analytical groups and market analysts as to what the acreage numbers are going to be for this coming year. So opportunity will knock. We just want to make sure that we're in a position to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they pop their heads up. Mike Silver there. He's with Kokomo Grain. The number to call is 800-666-0613. On the Hat Thursday market review down just a touch in corn. March 451 and three quarters, a half cent lower, down a penny and a quarter on the May 461 and a quarter. In beans, 12.23 for the March, a 17 and a quarter cent decline, 16 and a quarter drop for May at 12.30 and a quarter, and March wheat up just a little, one and a half cents higher, 6.12 and a quarter. Protein sector, some gains. February live cattle, 177.72, picking up 237 and 40 cents higher for February lean hogs, 74.30. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.